We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan, when you look at the matchup of the Notre Dame offense against the Syracuse defense, it's a match of a unit, unit that's been very good against a unit that has not been good for most of the season. The matchup between the Notre Dame defense and the Syracuse offense is two very comparable units, two units that are really good, but not great. You know, and I'd say that, that no, and at times have been, Notre Dame's defense at times has been really good. Syracuse yeah. has just been steady on offense all year. There's no, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Wagner's going to, you know, kind of take things out a little bit because he scored 59, but they, they're they not a great offense by any stretch, but they're a very consistent offense. Notre Dame's right. defense has had more dominant moments than Syracuse's offense, but then has had more downs than the Syracuse offense, which makes this a very, very intriguing matchup. The other thing to consider is, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pull up the numbers now, the one thing to consider now is Notre Dame has faced significantly better offenses than what Syracuse has faced defenses. Right. And I think that's very, very true. I mean, Notre Dame has faced two offenses that are in the top 10 in scoring, I believe, still, correct? I believe North Carolina is still in the top 10 in scoring. Uh, they are eighth. Notre Dame has faced the number two scoring team in the country, held them to 28 points below their season average. Uh, North Carolina is eighth in the nation in scoring uh, offense. They held them to nine points below their scoring average. And again, we talked about this. They had a garbage touchdown with less than a minute to go in that game, which helped them in that regard as well. So, you know, Notre Dame has faced obviously much better offenses, in my opinion, than what Syracuse has faced on on defenses un- until the Clemson game. Obviously, Clemson was Clemson was the exception. So once they kind of they played that game, then obviously that changed things a little bit. But uh, Notre Dame has held to this day still every single opponent below their season scoring average. And mm-hmm. the thing the thing about it is, Ryan, this matchup right here is the key to this game in my and to this particular part of the matchup, right? Offense versus defense. It's the Notre Dame rush defense against the Syracuse rush offense. Both units have been, I say, a little not as good as I expect them to be. 
if you look at Syracuse United, I like to use context, right, Ryan? And I think context really matters. And, and to me, context is what are you doing against the better teams? So you mm-hmm. look at Syracuse's numbers, and they are averaging 179.3 yards per game and 4.8 yards per carry. It ranks in the top 50 in both categories. This is the one thing that's different, though, when you take out the Wagner game. So Syracuse had a huge game rushing the football against Wagner. They ran for 388 yards. They ran for 208 against Louisville, 156 against UConn, 125 against Purdue, 75 against Virginia, 179 against NC State, and then 124 against Clemson. Now, if you take out the Wagner game and you look at just how all the teams in college football rank when you take only FBS games into account, they drop way down. They drop all the way down to 69th in, in rushing yards per game, and they drop down to 69th in oh, – actually, that didn't click over. So then they also fall down to 75th in yards per attempt. So they drop down significantly when you take out the Wagner game. And I think that puts this into a little bit more of an even matchup, Ryan, when you take out the – because Notre Dame hasn't played mm-hmm. an FCS opponent. So when you take that out of the equation, all of a sudden you're talking about the 69th rush offense and the 75th in yards per play. Notre Dame now all of a sudden ranks higher than Syracuse in this regard. So that's going to make this a very intriguing matchup. Tackles for loss is the same uh, right now, obviously. And then when you when you look at – because it's Notre Dame's tackles for loss and then Syracuse's tackles for loss allowed. And when you take that into account against just FBS opponents – Syracuse drops down to 81st. So Mm -hmm. if you only look at games against FBS opponents, Ryan, it's hard to argue that Notre Dame should at at worst be even in this matchup. And you could make a much better case that they should, they should have the advantage statistically, but whether or not that plays out in the game, Ryan is going to have a huge, huge impact on Notre Dame's ability to win this football game, because this is a Syracuse team that against against F against power five opponents has scored 31, 32, 22, 24, and 21 points, which puts them very much in line with where Notre Dame is scoring points, right? Because we talk a lot about Notre Dame's offense, and somebody made a comment the other day about, you know, y'all act like Syracuse, Notre Dame's no juggernaut. Notre Dame's not a juggernaut. We never said that they are, but we're trying to give you some context to where Notre Dame is. Notre Dame ranks 72nd in the country. Actually, let's look at in scoring offense. But if you look at against Power 5 teams, Notre Dame ranks 59th against Power 5 teams, and Syracuse ranks 49th. So much closer, much closer to where Notre Dame is offensively than a team that 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 has the numbers that they have, Ryan. So I think this makes this statistically a very intriguing matchup. I'll allow you to kind of talk about when Syracuse is on, what makes, them, what makes it go, and then where Notre Dame can have some personnel advantages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash Irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. It's really weird kind of comparing this Syracuse rushing attack to what it was last year, Brian, because if I if you would have told me before the season that Syracuse would be so much better throwing the ball than they were last season. I would have assumed that they were a more efficient rushing attack than they were last year as well. And that kind of hasn't been the case. And it's been a little odd because last year I felt like every game Sean Tucker was ripping off a 70 yard touchdown. Like it really mm-hmm. felt like that last year. And in most cases he was, <laughs> if we're being, you know, if, if we're kind of just look back at it, he was creating a lot of explosive plays last year. I feel like they haven't created as many explosive runs this year as they did last year, just kind of on a game to game basis for Syracuse. But what they have is they have a backfield duo that's when they're on and when things are rolling are a very difficult duo to defend. Because you talk about Sean Tucker, who is 5'11", 210 pounds, brings a pretty physical style, but the thing that really separates him is he's got great acceleration. So when he's able to get downhill, which that's his bread and butter, whether it's inside zone or outside zone, he's a one-cut runner, get downhill and explode to daylight. Or it's Garrett Schrader, who is a six foot four, 230-pound quarterback who's a good athlete overall, good speed and physical, has some power to his profile. When they're able to get that read option game running and able to get him involved in the running game, they are a difficult duo to start. I think uh, – stop, excuse me. But I think that the difference this year is that I don't think offensive line-wise they're playing quite as well as they did last season. You know, they have a stud at left tackle, Matthew Bergeron, who I think is a really good football player. The rest of the offensive line, I think, is a little heavy-footed, and they don't really – last year they really structured as more of an outside zone-heavy team. This year they become more 
inside yeah. dictated of inside zone to yeah. power stuff, I, which is I want to talk about that, different. Ryan. I want to talk about that because yeah. it's a very similar problem to what Notre Dame's going through, except that Syracuse has a quarterback that's more will is more able to take some of the pressure off than Notre Dame has had since the second game of the year. But it is interesting because they do have a new offensive coordinator. Robert and I is their new offensive coordinator. And you are correct. They are definitely a team this year, Ryan, that um, is has changed the look of their offense. Now, they're not playing to the strength of their bat of their backs, in my opinion. They're running a lot more gap scheme this year than they ran last year. It's pretty balanced between gap scheme and zone stuff. Uh, whereas last year, I thought that they were more of a, a zone-oriented team, in my opinion, I felt last year. Uh, for example, here's some numbers. If you just look at pro football focus last season, uh, they had them down as having uh, 254 zone calls and then 123 gap plays, right? If you go to 2022, so that's almost two to one. If you go to 2022, it's 100 zone plays and 88 gap plays. And so to your point, you're seeing a lot more of those those designed just downhill kind of in between the tackle stuff. You're not seeing as much of that outside zone. And if you go, I was looking at this a little earlier. If you go look at Sean Tucker's highlight tape, his first like five touchdowns on that, on that tape. And I stopped watching a halfway through or all outside zone plays where he, they stretch, 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 and then boom, he hits that thing vertical run. He has to make one guy miss. And when you're in space, it's a lot easier to make, you know, run through arm tackles. And when you're in a, in a crowd, Right. And they've changed that. And they've gone away from that. And I think part of it is the new coordinator. But part of it is, I think, to your point of the offensive line is they're not as athletic as they were. And that, not that they were a super athletic line last year, but they mm-hmm. are slow footed. They're not even saying about athletic. They're just they're not real quick. They're, they're pretty slow footed, so slow footed on the perimeter. And I think that's also been a reason. But it's similar to Notre Dame is yeah. if you want to. Here's it. But here's what's, here's what's going to be interesting about this. What's one of the run plays that has hurt Notre Dame the most this year? It's outside zone. It's when Notre Dame has had mistakes, a lot of times it's been an outside. Marshall did it. Cal did it. UNLV did it. It's that outside zone where Notre Dame's linebackers have bad fits and it opens up a crease. You're able to kind of seal them inside and it's opened up a crease. So does Syracuse see that and then maybe go back to something that they were good at in the past? Or do they continue to do what they've been doing? That's a really good question and a very intriguing aspect of, to this matchup, Brian. Yeah, now, it's something that I'm looking forward to seeing because, to your point, Brian, like I think that that really does sit in Sean Tucker's wheelhouse, right? Like he is that one cut and go type of runner. He's not a he's not a pure downhill player. Like he's not a guy that I want to necessarily, you know, just have a single gap that he is designated to and just go, buddy. Like I want him to be able to have options in the running game. And that's what zone kind of presents to you. You know, it's not always designed to hit in one spot. It could hit backside. It could hit front side. It could bounce. There's a lot of different things that could happen with zone. And I think that that's the runner that Sean Tucker is. And I think that kind of plays mm-hmm. into your strengths. And it'll be interesting match of just offensive line versus defensive line. Cause we both agree that the offensive line for Syracuse is not the quickest in the world, right? Like they aren't the most athletic overall. That's one thing Notre Dame has up front, especially, is they have some quick, quick defensive linemen that can take advantage of that slow-footedness. So interested to see that matchup, especially because, again, on paper, without the context of getting 
getting Wagner off the schedule, it looks like it's lopsided for Syracuse, but I would also commend that, that, uh, or contend, excuse me, that this is a one-to-one matchup, or maybe I would even give Notre Dame the advantage in this department. Like, I don't think it's unrealistic to say that Notre Dame has the ability and has the, the film at times to say we should be able to have a good contest to stop the run. But at at some point it's got to be show me and we have to, we have to see it on Saturday. The concern is the size. That's the concern I have is how do you neutralize that? Do you try to play big boy football with them? Which is what I thought they tried to do against Ohio state. And in the second half, Ohio state said, okay, if you want to try to play big boy football with us, we're way bigger than you and we're going to wear you out. Right. I thought they tried to do that against Marshall as well. They were trying to, you know, gap contain and two gap at times inside, and I, and I, it didn't work. I feel like they've gone away from that more recently. They're allowing the mm-hmm. defensive linemen to penetrate more. I feel like observing film, Ryan, I feel like they have changed. I think that's a good coaching adjustment that we've seen is how Golden has not asked them to do as much of that as we've seen in the past. And so – I think that's allowed them to be aggressive. Do we see more of that? Do they allow this group to penetrate and attack? Because here's the danger. When you're playing an outside zone team, if you penetrate, yeah, that's great. You can blow the run up, but it also, against a stretch play, it also could lead to you getting washed out and they cut behind you. And that's the danger. So that's where the linebackers have to really fill and be effective. That's why Syracuse has had some success because their linebackers do a good job of cleaning that stuff out. Notre Dame's linebackers have not. So that's going to be a very intriguing part of this matchup, Ryan, if they do, in fact, go back to some of the outside stuff. I'm very curious to see that being being the case. I'm very curious to see how that dynamic plays out in this game because it's their size against your quickness. Which one wins? Mm-hmm. That's going to be Absolutely. a big part of this. That's going to be a big part of this as well. Yep. Let's go to the pass game matchup, Ryan. This is a very interesting one. Very, very even across the board in a lot of areas. The only difference, obviously, is efficiency and interceptions, which go hand in hand. Those two things tie in because Notre Dame doesn't pick anybody off, so it's hard to have a lower quarterback rating when you don't force any turnovers. Uh, Yards per game is very similar. Yards per attempt, Syracuse has the advantage. Yards per completion, Notre Dame has the advantage. Touchdowns almost equal. Uh, Notre Dame is much better at at protect at getting pressure on a quarterback. Syracuse has struggled to protect the quarterback, which at mm-hmm. times has to do with the fact that you know Garrett Trader will scramble around and take a couple sacks that way. But they yep. aren't a great pass rush, pass protecting team outside of Matthew Bergeron, and that is an area where you look at this and say, okay, they are they are scheme oriented. They have good receivers, but I don't think they have lights out receivers. Notre Dame has played better receiving cores than what they're going to face on Saturday. Several. Okay. Okay. Now, Rondé Gatson the second is a really good football player, but they have faced better players than him as well. Mm-hmm. Now, they have size. That's a little bit more than what they've seen. Stanford had some of that, but Stanford didn't really hurt Notre Dame with their size. Okay, and so there's a lot of different aspects of this matchup that's interesting. But to me, it's going to come down to two things, Ryan. Pressure the quarterback, three things. Pressure the quarterback, maintain gap control, on, in the pass game, don't let him scramble. And then three, limit big plays. If you can limit Syracuse's big plays, they have a hard time moving the football. That's true in the yeah. pass game, and that's true in the run game. Syracuse is not a really good grinded-out 8-9 drive team consistently. They'll get some, but they don't consistently mm-hmm. do it, which, again, is why, as we pointed out before, when you look at this football team, they have scored 31, 32, 22, 24, and 21 points against power five teams. 
It's very yep. similar to what Notre Dame has done, right? So that's going to be a key limiting big plays. And the area of that where that concerns me the most, Ryan, is the pass game. They are going mm-hmm. to take some shots outside against the Notre Dame corners. I guarantee it. They're going to take some shots. The question is, do you give them enough time to throw it accurately? That's a question because you you want to you want to have Garrett Schrader sit in the pocket and try to beat you from the pocket. That's good for you if you play your game. If you don't, he's going to sit in the pocket, hit a Ronde Gadsden down the middle of the field. Now, not just outside shots, Ryan, but I also see them taking some shots down the field against the Notre Dame safety. I'm shocked more teams haven't done that. Big yeah. part of the reason why those te- those routes take a little bit of time. You can't just hit a th- – like outside go routes, you can just hit three-step, bam, let it go, right? Seam shots, you can't do that because you've got to clear the safeties first. You know what I mean? Right. And teams just haven't had a lot of time to do that. If they can protect the quarterback, they're going to take some shots over the over the heads of the safeties. The pass mm-hmm. rush needs to make sure they don't allow that to happen. So that's yep. going to be the big battle in this game that's going to make this particular matchup very, very interesting. And an otherwise pretty even matchup, Ryan. And this this week, I would challenge Isaiah Foskey. I would challenge him because we've seen, Brian, right? Like there's been moments where we see the old Isaiah Foskey and last week he had three sacks, right? But I would remind Isaiah, hey, against Ohio State, you did not have a very good football game facing off against probably two NFL-level offensive tackles at the next level, right? This game, you have another opportunity to play against an NFL-level offensive tackle, Matthew Bergeron, and I would throw him out there, man. I wouldn't just throw Isaiah against the right tackle and just let him eat alive a, a less talented offensive tackle. I would put him against Matthew Bergeron and say, this is a prove me game, buddy. This is prove me right here. You got to make plays one-on-one because I know that Syracuse has a lot of confidence in Bergeron. They're going to put him on the island and they're going to say, okay, our guy is going to be better than your guy. And Notre Dame has to be able to say, Isaiah, this is the week, man. This is the week that mm-hmm. you have to have your best game of the season. And it's that goes money across. Game. It is money a money game. game for him and Jason Adamiola. Money game and inter- for them. Interior pass rush should be huge in this game is too, Brian, because like we said, I mean, the, the left guard may be 6'6", 370 pounds or whatever he is, but that comes with some – you're sacrificing something to be that size, right? Like We'll just keep it like that. And there should be opportunities, whether it is – Jason Adam Malola, whether it is Howard Cross, whether it is Riley Mills moving inside on some obvious passing situations, there should be opportunities to get home as a pass rush. And you're, I mean, you're correct. Garrett Schrader is a, is a difficult task because of his ability to extend things, to be that extension as a runner, as an outside of the pocket, as a passer, those things make him a tough cover. And this year he's been a lot more, efficient as a passer. I mean, last year he looked like an option quarterback. This year he looks like a quarterback. So credit mm-hmm. for him for taking that step and credit for Robert and I to doing things that he does well in the passing a game, passing game. In order for them to really calm what they says they've had, I mentioned it yesterday as well. There's two players that I think that you have to have a huge emphasis on in this game. One's a Ronda Gatson. The second that you mentioned already, you have to have a plan for him, whether that is Rover, whether that is a safety, whether it is a linebacker dropping underneath, you know, short zone, whatever it is. And you have to have an answer for Sean Tucker in the passing game. I think he comes in, comes into this game with like 28 receptions on the, t- on the season. And he's a t- player that not just out of the backfield as a check down player, they'll line him up in the slot at times. They'll throw him some stuff out of the backfield, like real route tree stuff. And there's going to be opportunities, I think, for Notre Dame to 
have to figure out how to match up against him, whether, again, that is a linebacker or a safety coming down, whatever it is. So those are the two guys, but I agree with you. Pass rush is paramount in this football game, and you have to have a plan for the players that can create big plays in the passing game for them, and I think that those are two of the biggest mismatches they have is Aranda Gatson and Sean Tucker. But at the end of the day, this game is on the defensive line. I have confidence that Notre Dame is going to come to play as a coverage unit, because for the most part, we've seen good coverage throughout the entirety of the season. We have seen a mixed bag as far as from game to game. There's some games where the defensive line looks fantastic, and there's other games where they just look average. This has to be a yep. game where you come to play and you create a ton of havoc in the backfield. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a different matchup at you, Ryan. Yes. The Matthew Bergeron, that's great money game and all that. However, I want to see him dominate Dakota Davis when he, cause see the thing about Isaiah, he's not a right or left guy. It's field boundary. So he's going to be matched up against both guys. Dakota Davis has been there to me, their individually biggest weak spot in pass protection. He's given up 15 pressures on the year. And he's a guy that I think in that matchup, he's a big, slow-footed guy. That's a matchup Isaiah Foskey can and should dominate. That's also a matchup I'd really like to see Riley Mills and Justin Adamula have success there as well because they're both going to find themselves matched up against him at different times. I really, really want to see that. And then the other one is the center matchup. Uh, Carlos Vettorello is a guy that's, in my opinion, had a he's he's just he has been great protecting the quarterback. He'll give up penetration. He'll give up a push. Uh, this is one where you want to see them have success. And to back up kind of your point, Ryan, if you just look at the pro football focus numbers, Notre Dame's interior linemen have given up 15 pressures this season. So uh, excuse me, 16 if you count Andrew Kostovic. Zeke Carroll's given up six, but Zeke hasn't given up a single pressure in the last three games. His six pressures were in the first four games, two against Ohio State, one against Marshall, one against Cal, two against North Carolina. He's really settled, settled down. The North, the, the Syracuse interior linemen have given up, see, 25, 26. They've given up 26 pressures this season against very similar dropback numbers. 
So that's an area where Notre Dame has to has to be good because, as you said, you nailed it on the D line. When they're on, they're dominant. When they're not, they look mediocre. And yep. but the challenge this week is a little different, Ryan, because it's not just about pressuring him; it's also about containing him and not allowing him to scramble. He's got two hundred. He's got over two hundred scramble yards in the year this year. That's what they did a great job of with Drake May is they kept him in the pocket after the first series. You have to do the same thing here while also disrupting him. Because the thing about Garrett Schrader is he will make mistakes if you keep him in the pocket and get in his face, as yep. most quarterbacks do. And, you know, somebody commented, Notre Dame has played better quarterbacks than Garrett, than Garrett Schrader. Sure. I don't think I don't think they've played a quarterback that's as dynamic as a runner as Garrett Schrader, except maybe Drake May. Maybe. Mm. But here's the difference. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that I think this D offensive line is more physical than the North Carolina offensive line. And North Agreed. Carolina has a very passive scheme that allowed Notre Dame to kind of eat up and contain better. Syracuse is more effective that way. They kind of lean on you, open up run lanes in that regard from a, when, when he scrambles in that regard. So it's going to really require them to be good, and their linebackers are going to have to be really disciplined. That's going to be another key is, is they're going to have to be very disciplined to slow him down. So And then the other thing, too, with the linebackers is they – Last week against UNLV was one of the best jobs I've seen this linebacking core do all season, if not the best, in sniffing out screens and playing the jet sweeps and the perimeter stuff. We're going to yep. see that this week from Syracuse. They will absolutely use Sean Tucker in the run game. Al Golden nailed it yesterday when he talked about it. He's like, they're going to line him up out wide. They're going to they're going to run him out of the back. They're going to do all these things with the pass game. You have to be prepared for it. And that's going to put a lot of stress on the Notre Dame linebackers. So they had their best game of the year last week. They need to build on that against Syracuse. To me, the yep. linebackers, more than any other group, are the key to shutting down the, the Syracuse pass game because that includes not just handling Sean Tucker. It also it means getting up underneath the in-breaking routes down the field, but it also means protecting against the scrambles from, Jer- from Garrett Schrader. They have a lot on their plate this week. They're going to have to be ready for the challenge. There's no question about it. No doubt. Let's go to the last part of this matchup, Ryan, and this is the Syracuse scoring offense against the Notre Dame scoring defense. Again, on paper, looks good, very similar. Notre Dame is slightly higher just by one ranking spot in the points per game. Notre Dame is significantly higher in yards per game. Uh, Notre Dame is higher, uh, excuse me, Syracuse has better yards per play. Uh, Notre Dame has the worst red zone defense in college football. Uh, Syracuse has been good in the red zone overall, not great at scoring touchdowns. And their third down defenses are very similar. Obviously, Syracuse doesn't turn it over much, and Notre Dame doesn't force turnovers, which is a, a concerning part of this game plan. But again, when you take out the Wagner game, it looks a lot different. It looks a lot different. It looks advantage Notre Dame. So if you just go look at what they've done against FBS teams and you look at where Syracuse ranks, they, they fall down to 51st in scoring offense. That's a 16-point advantage for Notre Dame. Notre Dame already has a 31-point advantage in total defensive numbers. When you look at Syracuse, when you look at just against FBS numbers, Syracuse falls down to 75th. Big advantage mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. And, and then in the yards per play as well, they fall down quite a bit there as well. If you look at Syracuse, they fall down to 56th, from 26th to 56th in yards per play when you take out the, the Wagner game where they averaged almost 10 yards a play. And then if you look at them from the rest of the games, Ryan, they've had some some solid games. Again, they're very consistent. 6-8 against Louisville, 6-1 against UConn, 4-7 against Purdue, 5-0 against Virginia, 7-1 against NC State, 5-4 against Clemson. All solid performances, nothing special. 
I apologize. They went for 10 yards a rush against Wagner. They were 11.1 per play against Wagner. So that definitely inflated the overall numbers. So this is a matchup that Notre Dame should be able to keep Syracuse in the teens and 20s. It's Mm -hmm. very similar to Stanford. This team reminds me a lot of their Stanford with a more mobile quarterback and a better running back, right? I mean, as far as how they match up, like the dynamics, they're not the same schematically. They're not the same person. They have different types of personnel, but we're talking about the effectiveness of their offense is very mm-hmm. similar to what Stanford is. Now they go about things differently, but this is a game you should be able to keep them in the teens or early low twenties. If you keep them in the teens or low twenties, this is a game you should win. And then it goes back to, can the off- can the defense or the offense score at all, which they haven't done in, in their losses. So, on paper, Ryan, with the exception of red zone, but here's the diff- here's the thing people have to understand about the red zone. Red zone is a problem. It's it's kind of embarrassing that Notre Dame literally has not stopped anyone in the red zone, not once, all year. A couple things about it, though. They've given up, what, three or four fourth down touchdowns this mm-hmm. year because they, they'll do a good job of keeping you out, but then, you know, you get it on third or fourth down. And even even UNLV needed two plays from, like, the two-yard line to, to get in, and they, they ran a pitch play. You know, North Carolina got in on a fourth down. BYU got in on a fourth down. Those are the ones that I, that I just remember off the top of my head. I think Marshall had one or two third down touchdowns, right? So you've got to make some stops. You got to be able to. You got to be able to capitalize. But here's why Notre Dame's defense has been able to to keep the points down is because yes, they're not good at stopping teams in the red zone. But here's the reality of it: they are. As I, I'm, I'm gonna let me just pull up the numbers here. I, Look at total attempts in the red zone. Notre Dame ranks this year. They've allowed seven. They've allowed 17 trips into the red zone, which ranks 14th in the nation and fewest red zone trips allowed. So the key is they don't let teams get into the red zone very often. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they score. Right. So the key here is keep them out of the red zone. But then if you can get a stop or two in the red zone in this game, Ryan, against a team that's not really good at scoring in the red zone, then you can have some success. That's going to be a big part of this game. Big part of this game is do what you've done all year on defense. Keep the points down. You do that, got a shot to win. It's wild that the point per game number and the yard per game number for Notre Dame is where it is, Brian, when you consider that they are so bad in the red zone and they have only forced three turnovers all year too. When you put those things together, usually I would look at those numbers and be like, oh, Notre Dame's defense is bad. And they're not. Yes. <laughs> they're really not. Yes. They're not. You think they're giving up defense. close to thirty yards a game, thirty points a game, Ryan? I mean, you really 100%. would. Yeah. Yeah. No. You really just, would. It, which tells me that they are fundamentally doing a good job. It's just in a couple of the areas that usually dictate success defensively, they are falling short. And despite that, they are outplaying in other areas, which is interesting. It's just kind of interesting to see. But I think again, Brian. What, when I watch Syracuse, I think methodical offense that wants to control the ball. They want to run the football, and they want to be efficient in the passing game. This is a game where if you don't shoot yourselves in the foot defensively for Notre Dame, I do think they have the advantage because they're in Notre Dame, I don't think that they've – they haven't really given up a ton of explosive plays outside of a couple coverage busts and you know one long, touch, uh, one long run last week against UNLV, which was just – Absolutely ridiculous on that 68-yarder. But if Notre Dame doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine in this matchup because there's nothing about Syracuse that necessarily 
scares me big play wise. Like, I mean, yeah, if you're in the wrong gap, can Sean Tucker house one from distance for sure. Again, mm-hmm. can a Ronda Gatson create an explosive play? Yes. Can Garrett Schrader break your back on third and eight and run for 15 yards uh, as an, as a scrambler they can, but if Notre Dame plays fundamentally, I'm not worried about them creating explosive plays because they haven't been that type of team this year. They've been a team that is going to do the small things. Well, keep you on schedule, keep them, just in that in that mindset, I think that plays into Notre Dame's advantage because they have been a team that has not really shot themselves in the foot from the 20 to the 20. It's just in the side of the 20, that's when they give up points, right? Like that's kind of been the, the stickler to Notre Dame. So if you just keep sta- Syracuse what they are offensively and you continue to play your game and stay true to your fundamentals, I think Notre Dame has the advantage here. I do. I I wouldn't say it's not close, but I think that Notre Dame, I feel pretty confident that Notre Dame is going to have a good defensive showing in this game as long as they don't allow Syracuse to be something that they aren't. Don't let a a bunch of explosive plays because that's not how they win football games. That's right. That's right. So, Ryan, that's going to do it for this part of the show. We're going to go to the mailbag next. We have some already have some questions in there. We have some good questions in there today. We'll get to those. But before we do, remember to hit that like button, button, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. hit the what is it smash the like button hit the subscribe subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell share this podcast if you're listening via podcast please give us a five-star review and don't forget to sign up for the cfp or to subscribe to the cfp nation podcast as well uh and of course as always sign up for the message boards at boards at irishbreakdown.com This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.